another reading from the Gospel of Matthew, and another parable. And parables have this way of getting us at the last moment with something we don't expect. And in this case, it's about challenging our concept of justice. In the first reading from Isaiah, we heard God's ways are high above our ways. God's thoughts are high above our thoughts. And apparently God's understanding of justice is different than ours. When I hear this gospel passage, there's part of me that rejoices with those workers who were hired at the end of the day who receive a full day's wage. But there's part of me that feels that it would only be just for those at the beginning of the day to receive more. But that's not God's idea of justice. We see justice and mercy in our human understanding often in conflict with one another. But God sees them as the two things are the same, can be used together, not choosing one over the other. I'd like to offer three analogies, go out into three corners of this vineyard, challenging us in ways to try to see justice and mercy together rather than in opposition in our world. We may all be a little uncomfortable. I'm a little uncomfortable talking about these things, but I promise you I'm not leaving the realm of church orthodoxy. This is all approved by the church. (laughs) We might not like that when we get to the end of this, but here we go. The first is our very idea of what church is. We say that all are welcome, and we definitely do that here at St. Camillus, where we welcome those who are attending for the first time. But so often in parishes where we say all are welcome, when those people come back the next week, all they see are the backs of the people who already go to Mass there, socializing with the people they already know. Can we extend our generosity, our mercy, our justice to recognizing these people who are newly among us as equals? Also, Many of us have family members and friends who no longer come to church regularly. And when they do make the effort to come, do we treat them as equals? Or do we treat them as not quite Christian, as Christian as we are? Do we treat our sacraments as if they are rewards from the church rather than graces freely given by God? Sacraments are graces for the journey moving forward. The second corner of the vineyard, economics. We know this is a terrible economy, and probably most of us know people who are struggling to find employment. Maybe they have jobs, but they're not sufficient to provide for their families. And our nation is in a tough bind because we do not have sufficient funds to pay for all the various commitments we've made to various people. And something is going to have to give. The choices are not simple. But this parable would challenge us to think about what is just to those among us who are underemployed and unemployed. And the third corner of the vineyard 
our value of life, what we say about human dignity. We as Catholics are consistently speaking out about the rights of the unborn, but how often do we speak out as strongly about the value and the dignity of lives at other parts of the spectrum? On Wednesday this coming week, Troy Davis is scheduled to be executed in Georgia. He is accused of killing a police officer back in 1991. But his case has sparked incredible international outrage because of the nine eyewitnesses in 1991, seven of them have recanted their testimony, and at least one of the other witnesses is a suspect. And if Troy Davis is found innocent, he may very likely be charged with this murder. And the international community, including Amnesty International, has pointed out that it is only fair for Troy Davis to receive a new trial. We can pray tomorrow for the final clemency hearing that there will be mercy and justice served. But let's push it further about our value of life. Last Thursday, Dwayne, and I can't remember his last name now, but a man who's 48 years old, was scheduled to be executed here in the United States for committing a heinous double murder back in 1995. There is no question about his guilt. But the Supreme Court, just a few hours before he was scheduled to be executed, offered uh, a reprieve, a stay of the execution because of a technicality. And this man will probably be offered a new trial, but he will probably be found guilty again and placed once again on death row. As I was praying with these scriptures about mercy and justice, I was amazed to hear what he said to the reporters on Thursday night. He praised the Lord and he said, and I quote, God's mercy triumphs judgment. How do we hold justice and mercy in these cases of life, of economics, and of what we understand as church? Maybe it would be easier for us if we weren't thinking about a parable with money, but we thought actually of grace and salvation. Because in that realm, most of us are comfortable saying, no one merits grace, no one merits salvation. What we receive is gift. But when it comes to more material goods, we are more challenged by that. There is one area of this parable that my analogies probably fall a little flat. And that's the identity of the landowner. Obviously, in Jesus' parable, the landowner is God. But in the cases that I've been talking about, the landowner is us. Is that fair? Isaiah says God's ways are high above our ways. God's thoughts are high above our thoughts. Can we actually discern what is justice and mercy. But we obviously can't do it alone. But in a few minutes, around this altar, we will pray the Lord's Prayer again, and we will pray, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When I pray that, I don't just pray that God will miraculously right the wrongs in this world. I pray that the Holy Spirit will offer each of us the guidance to do that. 
I'd like to close with a quotation from a very famous prayer that Teresa of Avila offers us. Well, actually, it'll be a paraphrase. Teresa of Avila said, Christ has no body now on earth but ours, no hands but ours, no feet but ours. As we gather here as the body of Christ, may we lift that out.